great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Election Day is upon us here and right now. November 8th, 2022, the Final pitch from the candidates. It is over. Polls open in less than six hours at 6 a.m. in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Control of Congress is on the line. So we're starting to get some information, at least in New York State, 37%, 37% of the early votes from throughout the entire state of New York. 37% are coming from New York City, which is lifting the spirits of some Democrats. Some New York City voters, at least with the early voting, accounted for about 37% of the ballots cast in the state's nine days of early voting, and this is according to the State Board of Elections. State Board of Elections, where this information uh, is coming from. And if you listen to some Democrats, if you believe their spin, it's welcome news for Governor Hochul. So there's no denying Strong turnout in the deep blue New York City could help Hochul. But on the other hand, looking at this from the other perspective, voters are so upset in terms of what's going on in New York City, particularly with crime and so on. Who really knows what this vote is? And the bottom line is the vote as of today is the vote that will uh, count. And, of course, Kathy Hochul, uh, the Democrat in the race, is running for a full term, and she has faced an unexpectedly fierce challenge, if you will, from Congressman Lee Zeldin, the Republican nominee from Long Island. So New York City is home to about 40% of the state's registered voters, but it often sees light turnout relative to its voter rolls. I'll come back to the uh, race for governor in a moment. And we already see your telephone calls from Astoria to Brooklyn to Maine and Manhattan 
And uh, we're going to begin with the telephone calls in just a, a few minutes or so. We will be taking your calls at 800-848-WABC. And by the way, uh, Rita Cosby, you may have just uh, heard her. Uh, we will be with you together from 8 until 10 p.m. live election coverage here on WABC. Rita Cosby and myself, Ben Rita, will be doing her show from 10 p.m. to midnight, and then I will be doing my show from midnight until 1 a.m., and then, of course, at 1 a.m., I pass the uh, mantle to Frank Morano, and he will pick up our election coverage. And so we have got you covered on this election day, live coverage. And so 800-848-9222, where we are taking your telephone calls. So I'm going to come back to the race for governor in just one second. Uh, Governor Hochul, even in the end of this race, says that Zeldin has been hyperventilating, literally, over the issue of crime, which we all know is not true. The fact of the matter is, even if the man loses, he's been telling the truth. It's Zeldin that has the pulse of the people and the Democrats. It seems like the entire party is in complete denial from President Biden on down to Governor Hochul when it comes to the issue of crime. So even the head of the House Democratic campaign arm is worried about keeping his seat Sean Patrick Maloney, Republicans are spending big bucks to knock off uh, Maloney, who chairs the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and he may be in danger of losing his seat. All signs point to a competitive race between Maloney and GOP challenger uh, Mike Lawler, a first-term assemblyman from Rockland County, New York. This race is has been rated as by pundits as a toss up. And with this Republican wave, it is a strong possibility that I am telling you that Maloney is going to lose with this Republican wave. And so with a few of the uh, Senate races that can decide which party controls the Senate, it is my prediction that with the tailwinds of this Republican wave, the Senate race in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz, it is my prediction that Dr. Oz will defeat John Fetterman. Here is Fetterman followed by Dr. Oz and former President Trump on behalf of Oz attacking Fetterman. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Oz is running to use Pennsylvania. I will bring change to Washington so they treat us the way we deserve. Fetterman is the single most dangerous Democrat seeking to join Congress this year, and Dr. Oz is the only one that can stop him. It is my prediction that Republican tailwinds will push Herschel Walker to victory in Georgia over Raphael Warnock, even though it may take a runoff election if neither candidate hits 
50%. But it is my belief that Herschel Walker will get the 50% today. Here are the candidates. Herschel Walker is neither ready nor fit to represent the people of Georgia in the United States Senate. So I'm going to tell Senator Warnock, don't let that door hit you in the bite side as you walk out of that room. That room don't belong to you, sir. That room belongs to the people. All right, folks, let's begin with the telephone calls on this election day. Dominic Carter here with you. Let's go to Mary Beth on Long Island. Good good morning, Mary Beth. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. It's always good to hear you on the radio and to talk to you. you. Thank you. That's Um, very kind of you to say. You're welcome. Um, I happen to live in a Democratic area on Long Island, which is, you know, something that as a Republican, I, I don't look forward to elections. This year is a far different situation. I have seen more Lee Zeldin signs in my town than any Hochul signs. As a matter of fact, it's only two or three weeks ago that three Hochul signs cropped up. Three. You know, seen- Mary Beth, you know, you know what's interesting? Up in Rockland County, uh, it's the same thing. You see Zeldin signs everywhere, Rockland County, New York. I haven't seen any Hoku signs, but please continue. The other thing that I find interesting is before I saw any of these Hoku signs, I've seen more Beto O'Rourke for governor of Texas signs here on Long Island than I've seen of any word of Kathy Hochul. And when you're walking around, as I do, when you're going different places, all people are doing is expressing their dismay over the crime situation, the economy. People really have had it. And I'm my fingers are crossed, Dominic, that it's going to show in the votes tomorrow. It has to show. This isn't a mirage. When you're talking to people, you hear in their voices and you see in their eyes how they feel. And people have had it. Well, you know, Mary Beth, I I agree with everything that you said, no matter how Democrats spin this. And, and, And let me be clear, folks. I am not talking as a partisan. I am giving you an objective point of view. The Democrats, uh, you know, uh, 24 hours from now, Mary Beth, either either way it's not going to be good for Hochul because she's already wounded, even if she wins. And people are not going to have faith in her. She certainly won't have a mandate. But at the, at the end of the day, she may lose because simply she took – Zeldin for granted, and he is not the type of candidate. He has proven to be not the type of candidate to be taken for granted. I thank you, Mary Beth, for the call, and we'll see what happens. But but you, you made a very good point, Mary Beth, and, and I've noticed the same exact thing, that outside the city of New York in, in suburban communities, I have not seen many Governor Hochul signs. You see Zeldin signs everywhere. That points to energy. And so if Zeldin's team can match the turnout with the energy they've shown thus far, 
This is going to be very, very interesting. And um, it, it, what's exciting about this all is that we should, emphasis on should, know who won this race tonight, meaning less than 24 hours from now. We should know the winner in New York. I'm not necessarily sure if we'll know the winner in Georgia. Uh, We may not know in the Senate races. We may not know the winner in Pennsylvania. Maybe, but we should know the winner in New York. And I haven't even, I haven't even started with uh, how the campaign in New York ended with uh, Governor Hoku again in denial on crime, declaring that Zeldin is hyperventilating over the issue. I'm going to get to that in just a second, but we see all of your telephone calls from Astoria to Brooklyn to Maine to Manhattan to Yonkers to the Bronx. So we're going to stay with your calls for a second, folks. Dominic Carter here with you on this election day. Let's go to Frank in Maine. Good morning, Frank, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Dominic, always a pleasure and honor to speak to you, especially on a on a very patriotic and very important night like like yes. tonight or this morning. Uh, yes. Up here in the state Agreed, of Maine, Frank. they started voting at midnight. Um, right. And the 20-hour period between now and 8 p.m., anybody who does who has an excuse not to vote is really, really just lazy or just doesn't care. Uh, this is this is too important of an election, which brings me to my point. I think New York, I know they have the extended voting and the early voting, but I think New York State in general should start their voting at midnight. I think midnight to 8 p.m. is the proper time to have people starting to come out and to vote. Uh, you would get more people out because I see a lot of people out when I go to New York, when I go to New York to visit friends, people are out at midnight. They're out about um, to have voting at midnight, I think, would be the best option. Um, and one more thing, Dominic, very, very quickly. Um, if if um, crime is a perception, as Vice President Harris said in her rally in New York, if crime is such a perception, please tell that to the mother whose daughter was dismembered two days ago or a week yes. ago or a month ago or whatever, yes. and her boyfriend stayed with her the entire the, the entire like time uh, because to her it wouldn't be a perception. And I think to New Yorkers it wouldn't be perception. I think Zeldin's going to take this race. Dominic, well, have a good night. Thank you, Frank, for the call. And it, it is it, it is almost insulting for the Democratic argument that, no, you don't really see what's right in front of you. No, 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 no. What what you see on the news, what you hear on WABC, what you hear on other radio stations, that that's not really crime out of control. That's just Republicans spinning the issue to fear you. That's literally what Democrats have told us during this campaign. But the good news is that we don't have to listen anymore to Democrats. We don't have to listen to Republicans. On this day, November 8th, 2022, you have the say. When I hope that you go and vote like your life depends on it, because it does. 
And if you don't vote today, please don't call me complaining anymore. Because when folks call me on this program and complain, just so you can get yourself ready, the first thing I'm going to say is, did you vote? And if you didn't vote, I'm not going to have much patience for your argument. We are taking your telephone calls. David in the Bronx, good morning on this election day. Yes, good morning, Dominic. Um, I'm actually hoping that the Republicans win big tomorrow, but not for the reason like the rest of your callers. I've listened carefully to what they've been saying all these months on crime and all these other issues. They don't really have any solutions. And what you're going to see once they gain control is that they really don't have a plan. And in the next two years, nothing's going to happen. They're going to waste their time going into Hunter Biden and all this other stuff. And we're still going to have high inflation and high crime. Then where your call is going to be, who are they going to vote for then? Because let's be honest, Democrats don't have real solutions and neither do Republicans. So I understand that voting is important. I'll be voting as well, even though it's very difficult for me as a totally blind person to do it. But it's, you know, it's important. But I don't see big changes that people seem to think are coming. They're not going to happen. Okay, well, David, David, let me play along with your assessment. Let's say, for argument's sake, big changes are not coming, right, to, to your, your scenario. Still, wouldn't it be a major improvement if we get away from all of this tide of Black Lives Matter and all of this anti-police rhetoric, and and if we just get along, get away from tying the hands of our police officers, if we can just get back to the day of law and order, wouldn't that be a major improvement? Electing Zeldin going to do that? That doesn't affect local okay, police. Well, okay, well, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you your say. You said okay. how. Would electing Zeldin uh, do that, right? Well, how about the fact that even if he's not successful, even if he's not successful, he says that he's coming in on day one telling Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg it's time to get out. Now, you and I know that'll play out in court, but just the fact that he's putting Bragg in deep check, that's not a major improvement? That is not going to change the situation on the ground. Listen, I, oh, it I won't. appreciate the point. It, it won't. Listen, I it... went out today. I went out today to buy a lottery ticket, okay? I had to walk about half a mile up here in the Bronx, and I'll be honest. I didn't know. I don't know my area very well because I don't go out very much. I was scared to death walking around out here because I was afraid someone was going to mug me or worse, okay? So I understand the crime issue. I want it fixed. But I don't see Zeldin being able to do that. Listen, they've latched on to the crime issue because it affects people, people like me. But I will still vote Democrat because Democrats support the things that I believe in, and Zeldin does not. That's what it's going to come down to because I know the crime issue will either solve itself like it has in the past or really? eventually it will decline. Because so that's crime – wait, wait, David. Crime, crime solves itself? 
as far as these crime waves, they eventually all end. I remember the ones from the 70s. You and I are both old enough to remember Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel on ABC talking about constant crime in the 70s. And we remember the 1990s when they passed the crime bill, which apparently was such a bad idea. But now we're talking about doing the same thing. This all comes in cycles. I've lived long enough. Wait, wait, when you, well, wait, wait, David, you said when they passed the crime bill, and I've got to move on. You said that was a bad thing. I never thought it was a bad thing. Why is it a no, bad I thing? I didn't say it was a bad thing. I said it's being perceived as a bad thing. I remember Biden had to defend his vote for it because, you know, they locked up all these people, who some of whom are still in prison, and, and then supposedly that was a horrible thing. But I'll tell you one thing. Right, it was a horrible thing because of all of decreed. that garbage with Black Lives Matter. That's why it was a David, I've got to move on, but I, I appreciate the call. I really do. Because of all that nonsense, the tide of Black Lives Matter, let's open the door for, for criminals. Let's be nice to criminals. That's that's what that was all about. Dominic Carter here with you folks on this Election Day. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Valerina in Florida, good morning and happy Election Day. Happy Election Day. On behalf of all the grandmas that used to live in New York, and that live in New York now, I just want to say we adore you. Oh, well, we that's nice you. of you to say. Thank now, you. Now, Dominic, now, Dominic, and this is why you have educated New York and the country about the horrible, horrible crime situation, the homeless situation. You've taken us night after night, and you've told stories of the people, true fact stories built based on facts of the people that have been Killed, robbed, raped, you name it. You've even gone out of New York to tell us stories. Let, let, me, right let, me just, let me just let me just interrupt you for a second here. One, it means the world to me for, for you to make the reference about grandmothers. Because um, I've, I've openly shared my story. My, my mother suffered from severe mental illness. She didn't raise me. I was raised by my grandmother and my uh, aunt. So, and so I, I was kinship care before there was officially kinship care. And uh, my grandmother is the one that stepped up in my life. But the reason why your comment, Valerina, is so important to me, and I see all the phone calls, we're going to try and get to all of them as quick as we can, is just today alone, I won't say the person's name, but there's only one or two nuts. And I, I mentioned this last night, just today alone, someone had the nerve to email me, and I know I know, I shouldn't let it bother me, and I shouldn't even be talking about it because it gives the person a little bit of power. But someone had the nerve to email me and say, why don't you talk about this rather than talking about crime and, and, attack, and it attacks black people. First of all, when I mention crime, I, I don't directly talk about African Americans all the time. But but this individual, Valerina, and so your comment is really timely. I, I had to tell this person via email today, you don't program my program. You don't you're not a programmer. You don't that this show is a top rated show in New York. And this man who happened to be a man of color had this is like the third email he sent me trying to program my show. And and, and that he doesn't want me to talk about crime. And, and I just find it amazing. Because it's been like two or three African-American males that don't want me to talk about crime. Why not? If it's a problem, why not? Valerina, why shouldn't I? Well, 
Dominic, on my father's side, I'm half Italian. And I have to deal with the same stunads on the Italian side that make excuses for the mafia. So I'm not saying that, you know, the, the black the black people do have mafia. We know that. But um, there there's certain cultural groups that don't want to admit that they need to be they need to address their problems, their cultural, their family problems that spill out into the streets. When you don't have a man raising, uh, you know, the boy in the in the house, the boy is likely to go astray. And you talk told us about the men that lifted you up when you were a young man, so you wouldn't end up on the streets like that. Yes, you acknowledge that. And my and there, and another reason why I love you as a grandmother. My mother was raised by her grandmother until she died because my mother's mother was had a nervous breakdown my mother's mother is a is a survivor of the Ar- armenian genocide she was a real slave that ran away she was a, taken as a slave as a, a preteen girl and she ran away long, make a long story short by the grace of god they ended up in this country but she did have a nervous breakdown when my mom was five years old and my mom was raised by family, so I know what you mean. And that's another reason why I love you. But the black community has to listen to people like you and Candace Owens and, and Thomas Sowell and, and brilliant men like Ben Carson and say, we've got to get our act together. Just like I can tell my Italian side of the family, the mafia is bad. It always was. It always will be. Stop glorifying them. I never watched The Sopranos, Dominic. Well, all I can say is your call is timely. It means the world to me. And and I thank you for it because I, I was, I, I, I shouldn't admit this, but I was a little upset after the email that I received today. And I don't know why someone would email me and think that they have the power to program this show when there's a team of people that works on this show all day long, it's insulting to send me a message like that. But that's the, the email that I received. Valerina, I, I thank you for the call. Folks, I have not even summed up yet the last day of the campaign and the race for governor in New York State. We are going to do that. We're going to have our car to care segment. We're going to continue to take all of your calls. Coming up at 1 a.m. on this election day, Frank Marano and the other side of midnight. When we come back, we're going to Brooklyn, the Bronx, Yonkers, Manhattan, uh, and Astoria. We'll be right back. Here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back on this election day. Polls open in four and a half hours in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And ending the campaign for New York governor, Governor Kathy Hoku brushed off rising crime, rising crime, and claimed challenger Lee Zeldin is, quote, hyperventilating over the crime issue. Now, this came, folks, this is how the campaign ended. This came just hours after two, not one, two, subway riders were stabbed 
including a good Samaritan who intervened when he saw a woman being harassed. And when asked about this entire issue, this is what Governor Hoku had to say. Yeah, I say check the source. Check the source when asked about the crime and so on. And so this was on Manhattan's Upper West Side. And she tried to downplay Zeldin's criticism of her and something I mentioned to you last night and of former President Bill Clinton for laughing and joking about subway crimes at an event Saturday. Here is what she said further on Zeldin. He has been hyperventilating, trying to scare people for months. And New Yorkers are onto it. All the legitimate media organizations have called him out for what he is doing. Fear mongering. It's not just here in New York. That has been the Republican playbook all across this country. All you need to know is that the Democratic states are safer than the Republican states. Check out the facts. So we are going back to your telephone calls, but it bears repeating. The governor said, that is Governor Hoku on Zeldin, quote, he has been hyperventilating, trying to scare people for months, and New Yorkers are on to it. And she called it fear-mongering. Lee Zeldin, for his part, uh, appeared on New York One yesterday, their morning show, and here's what he said. There are a lot of Democrats in New York City who feel like the party has gone too far left. Uh, They look at Kathy Hochul now, she's going to be more beholden to the Working Families Party than ever before because there was such a big enthusiasm gap. She is now desperately relying on them to turn out her vote. As you see in the early voting numbers that have come out, she has a huge problem. Uh, There are a lot of different minority groups that just didn't show up for early voting. There are actually boroughs that didn't show up for early voting. Uh, and meanwhile, if you look around uh, the entire state, because it's been a 62-county campaign, uh, we're right where we need to be. I mean, turning the historic turnout model on its head, people are coming together. They're coming out from all across the state. I had six rallies on Saturday. I had four uh, uh, yesterday. And what, when Hillary Clinton and, Hump, and Kamala Harris were here doing their rally, we had ten times as many people at the same time at our rally up in the Capital Region. There's just a clear enthusiasm gap, excitement, uh, and momentum on our side, and the people who are coming to our rallies include Democrats who say the state is heading in the wrong direction, they've had enough, they're thinking about their own breaking point in New York. They want to stay here, they want their families to stay here, and I want to look, work with everybody. My first call Wednesday morning mm-hmm. will be to Mayor Adams, and I look forward to writing the story in 2023 about how well a Governor Zeldin is working with a Mayor Adams to save this city. Interesting. If you are honestly assessing the situation, if you're Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, it would be better for your interests if Zeldin is elected because he sees the crime issue the same way that you do. If you're Eric Adams and your party, national party on down to the governor's seat, says crime, what crime? Perception. It's all perception. It's the media. Then Eric Adams will continue to get slapped around and not be able to get anything done. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Let's go to our friend Hudson in the Bronx. Good morning, Hudson, and happy Election Day. Happy Election Day, Tom. It's always good to hear your voice, brother. Thank Um, you. Always nice to chat with you. So, first of all, 
I was going to call about something else, but how ironic is it that Dave <laughs> and I'm, I, I I know how you are, you know, like when people talk about the other callers, so I'm not going to say anything mean, but how ironic is it that Dave is calling saying that he's scared to go out to vote tomorrow. He's voting Democrat because of crime. That is absolutely insane. He's scared to go out because of crime. And then he's saying that we're not going to have these fixes for these things, that we can't fix crime. How are the Republicans going to do it? How is Sheldon going to do it? How is he going to fix the economy? There's so I mean, and, and the thing is, they keep bringing these things up. If you watch, you know, you know, TV, whatever. It's, it's simple. The first thing, like you said, brand gone. I, I didn't know about the thing that you said that it's probably going to go to the courts. I didn't know that. But you know what, though? The first thing you do, qualify the meaning for the cops because I'm on the subways all the time. My wife's on the subways all the time. The cops are standing around. I feel bad for them. I get mad, but I feel bad for them. That's the first thing you change. That means that the cops are allowed to do their job. You talk about the economy and stuff with Zeldin. The thing that he's backing is this fracking in upstate New York, things like that. That can help the economy. It's it's very simple things that, that he can do, and I don't understand how the Democrats don't see this stuff. I don't understand how guys like Dave exist. I feel bad for him almost, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know how they exist. Um, I really don't. But well, anyway. <laughs> well, when well, well, Hudson, um, it, it's always uh, nice to chat with you. It, it really is. It, it's a pleasure. Um, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Let's say, for argument's sake, Hoku loses and Zeldin's in. It still won't be a cakewalk for him as well because you still have two monsters, if you will, in terms of political power in Albany that run the legislature, Carl Hasty and uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Now, the good news would be they would see the tide that is a-changing and maybe their politics politics would slowly start to change. But even if Hoku loses, the Democrats still have a lock right now on Albany. And it would send a great message. Listen, would would Zeldin succeed in court being able to get rid of Alvin Bragg? I doubt it. But it's a fight worth taking, undertaking. Mr. D.A., you are suspended, effective immediately. Whatever the term may be, you are fired, Mr. District Attorney, effective immediately. Now, you want to sue me? Sue me. We'll work it out in court. But in the meantime, unless a court restores you back to the District Attorney position, you are done. Bye-bye, Mr. Bragg. You want to be a social worker for a living? Go do it now. Go teach up at the uh, Columbia University School of Social Work. Or 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 go go be a prison advocate somewhere, but not district attorney. And so think... it, it's going to be very interesting, Hudson, to see how this all plays out. Okay, can I say one more thing, though? Go right ahead. I, I think it was a genius move politically. Um, I think it was a genius move by Zeldin. If you if you read the past couple of days uh, to try to align his politics with Eric Adams, and I'm not sure if you saw this, but it just happened a couple hours ago that one of Eric Adams' biggest advocates, um, yes. I think they just donated ten thousand dollars to yes. Lee Zeldin's things. Now, do I think that Eric Adams' camp is doing it for a selfish reason? I do. I think that Eric Adams is doing it so he can align himself to maybe run for the presidency. But do I care because I live in New York? No, I don't. So if Zeldin is going to align himself with Adams, and if that helps Zeldin get in, 
no problem. I will take that any day. Dom, have a good night. I love you, brother. Thank you. I love you too, man. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. I hope she's having a better day than the other day. Before we get to the politics of the day, Audrey, are you doing better? Much better, and I planned a trip to Georgia. I'll be leaving on the 21st of November, hoping that uh, Walker doesn't win. But anyway, <laughs> I'm having a great <laughs> so, Thanks so, for asking. So, okay, so wait, why don't you want Herschel Walker to win? Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I see him as a token, okay? He has no no knowledge of, of oh, what's going on. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. When you say a token, I need you to define that. I don't know what you mean. Okay, uh, let's see. He's a prop for them. He's, um, okay, he's their, okay, I don't want to say it like the way I say it in the street, but he's their boy. He doesn't know anything. He's following what they say, and basically, he does not represent me. He doesn't represent the people that I know in Georgia. He doesn't represent anyone but himself. He doesn't know anything. He, they've been telling him what to do since he was 16 years old, okay? His mind is brain, brain dead. But anyway, whoever wins, it doesn't matter because this country is out of whack. But I just want to say, um, one of your callers sort of referenced Candace Owens, uh, that we should listen to her. I'm a black person, and I, I, I beg to differ. And anyone that wants to give information or, or advice to black folks, try reading a book about who we are and why we where we at. I just feel insulted, I have to say it. And um, I have some young people listening to your show because I asked them to listen to the other half of America. At this point, they're confused about voting. And I said, if anything, listen to Dominic's show, and you'll see, understand why you should vote and why it's important. So that's a good thing for you because you do well, have a that, That's a great thing, and, and I'll take it one step further, Audrey. I would love for one of the young folks that you have listening to the show to give me a call, and, and we can chat on air about uh, some of the issues that are going on. So thank you for uh, spreading the word and ask them uh, to please call up in the future, okay? 6 a.m. in the morning. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Audrey, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Uh, Jennifer in Boston was really uh, worried uh, for you and about you. He's one of your callers. And, and so, and so, and see that—that's a good thing. We can—we don't all have to agree on everything. We don't all. And thank you for the call, Audrey. We don't all have to agree, but we do need to respect each other. And folks, I say this from time to time: if you want a talk show where you basically curse out the host and the her and the host basically curses you out without using the profanity, then you're, you've got the wrong program. I'm not that type of guy. There has to be a decorum. There has to be, we have to have a mutual respect for each other. And so I love to read your emails, but I, I don't understand why one person will find the need to email me three times in one day and then just keep doing it and then starts thinking that they're going to program this show. That is absolute nutty. We have a full team of people working on this show every day. And we love your input from the public, but we've got the programming down uh, within the team. We are taking your telephone calls coming up at the top of the hour. Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. But first, we are going to take a break. When we come back, our car to care segment. Then when we come back, we're going to Connecticut, Brooklyn, Clifton, Manhattan, Westchester, and Astoria. W-A-B-C. 
Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your burrow to your dinner table. This is Carter Cares. I haven't really formulated an opinion on this yet because I don't know how different it is than when a newspaper's editorial page makes an endorsement. But the new owner of Twitter, you already know he's making a lot of headlines, is telling people who to vote for. Billionaire Elon Musk urged undecided voters to back Republican candidates today with the critical midterm elections that will determine control of Congress, he says, to independent-minded voters, vote Republican since Democrats have the presidency. It's, it's his way of sharing the balance of power. We are taking your telephone calls on this election day. At 8 p.m. tonight, our special election coverage starts. Rita Cosby will be with me. We will be with you from 8 to 10 then Rita will have her show, then I'll be back at midnight, and then I'll be passing the mantle to continue our special election coverage to Frank Morano, and he'll have all the headlines. Frank will be up in about 12 minutes from now. We are taking your telephone call, so let's go to Tony in Clifton. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hello, Mr. Dominic. I Good morning. Say how excited I am! I am really looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night. Um, and I have found that with all the sort of commotions in in the in the past few weeks, both you know with the political people as well as the people that we all interact with, as you were saying, it's really interesting because if you watch it, it's really highly charged environment right now and a lot of people who thought they had everything figured out are now kind of going through the danger will robinson syndrome where the robot kind of went out of control and i think we'll see people breaking down as things start to change so i think i'm expecting it you know i'm excited about it it might be a little scary when things change but we need change and I'm just hoping that, you know, we all keep safe in the process. Like you were saying, how people write, how people talk to each other, what we're seeing on TV has been insane. So I'm just, you know, looking forward to getting past all this and getting to a new thing, which we all need. Well, I, I agree with you, Tony. Sometimes change can be good. And at our at this point in history, we need change because yes. And, and here's why: because I don't understand the strategy of Democrats to deny crime and act like it doesn't exist. I mean, it's almost like you know a magic show, and the the person pulls the rabbit out of the hat, and then and then says, "Oh, there, there's no rabbit. Uh, this 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 white furry creature." That's not a rabbit. Uh, you don't see anything. Basically, essentially, that's what the Democratic Party is telling us about crime from President Biden to and this is just what I've personally witnessed from President Biden to former President Bill Clinton to his wife, Hillary Clinton, to Governor Hochul 
on down the line, on down the line. Thank you for the call, Tony. So change is needed. We will see what happens in just a few hours. To Brooklyn and Pam. Good morning, Pam. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. Dominic, good morning. Besides, yes, hi. Good morning. Besides the very real number one issue of crime, voters need to take into consideration this congestive pricing disaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kathy Hochul, Kathy Hochul will approve it. Lee Zeldin said he will not, and it's going to be a total disaster. And if she wins and she approves this, you can bet that the ones who complain the loudest are going to be the people who voted for Kathy Hochul. What do you think? Uh, I've never been a fan of congestion pricing. Um, You know, to be honest with you, Pam, what I'm thinking about as you're talking about congestion pricing, I don't understand the Sometimes government just does things that does not really look out for constituents. And and here's what I'm talking about, right? Now, this issue is very simplistic, what I'm about to say. But every blue moon I ride the subway, I don't understand why they have basically removed the seats. I get it because of the homeless and so on. But so they've taken away the seats on the subway platforms and everybody's to be inconvenienced because you can't control the homeless problem instead of just getting them out of the subway and putting them in a hospital. And to the advocates, you see them in court, but you're going to get out of this subway system today. We're not going to allow you. I'm going to come back to your point of congestion pricing, Pam. We are not going to allow you. This is what society should say, to just sleep. The other day I'm on the subway. This guy... He was he was using three seats, and I'm looking at the face as he sleep, drunk and a stupor. I don't know what it is, and everybody's just acting like he's not there. And I'm like, you know what? Sooner or later, this guy's going to get up, and then somebody else is going to sit on this seat that didn't know he was there. And who knows what you may end up with, lice or whatever. So now, now let's come back, Pam, to the bigger issue that you just raised of congestion pricing. Okay. All, all it is is a tax on residents. Traffic is going to be an absolute nightmare. Just like I don't understand the logic of why you've carved up Manhattan for bike lanes and, and you know, bus lanes, okay. But streets that, that you used to be able to drive down, that's no longer the case. Why why would you do that? I mean I, I don't I don't know, Pam. Maybe that's why I'm not in politics. I, I don't I don't understand the logic. But uh I, I'm completely against uh congestion pricing. I don't see a single positive to uh to come out of that. I, I thank you uh for the telephone call, Pam. Let's go to Arnold in Brooklyn. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good morning. Good morning. Um, You may recall when uh, Governor Pataki got into office, he was was confronted with uh, the district attorney for the county of the Bronx, Robert Johnson, who is now a uh, Supreme Court justice in New York, who was a district attorney at the time and the first black district attorney uh, elected from any borough. And uh, he refused to to prosecute death penalty cases. 
At that time, Pataki did not remove him because he did a well, good enough job for the rest of the law, but he appointed a special prosecutor for the county of the Bronx. And if uh, Zeldin wants to give a nod to the Democrat vote that uh, voted in this uh, fellow Bragg, knowing what his agenda is, he could say, fine, Bragg is not prosecuting the uh, misdemeanors and the uh, felonies. We'll make him in charge of prosecuting the violations, and we'll send in somebody else to prosecute. You can't, to you can't, it, it's, it sounds great in theory, and Arnold. There's no way in the world you could do something like that. You're referring to one or two hand-picked select cases. What we're talking about, and I, I thank you for the call, would be removing the district attorney from prosecuting all felonies. It's a, it, it's, that's a big difference. And in essence, you're firing the district attorney. You can't appoint a special prosecutor to, to let the district attorney, uh, handle misdemeanors and your special prosecutor handles, um, all the felonies. It doesn't work that way. Um, when, when a special prosecutor is appointed, it's in a select case or it's just one or two cases. It is election day, 2022, here in New York, throughout the country, New Jersey, Connecticut, everywhere. And we will have special coverage all day long. Coming up right now, I'm passing the mantle, or I'm about to, to Frank Morano, who will continue our special coverage this morning. And I say good morning to you, Frank. Hello, Dominic. Happy Election Day. Yes, same to you. Are you excited? I well, yeah, I think so. It's always a little exciting on election yes. day. Now, are, did you vote already? Did you vote early, or do you are you a day of voter? I'm I'm a day of type person. I'm a day of type guy, and um, I I'm going to vote obviously, and I don't know what time yet, but. But I'm looking forward to it. How about yourself? You I, voted early. Yeah, I voted early the first day that I could. I like to vote early this way. I always figure if uh, something happens, I get into a car accident and I, I can't get to the polls on election day. At least my vote is already counted, cast and, and counted. So, or, or, or in our cases, if we called in to work early, which has exactly. happened sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> no, for us, so, uh, early voting is a, a tremendous boon. Yeah. So what do you have coming up this morning? Well, it's really, really big. I don't know if uh, you got to hear any of uh, John Katzenmatch TV show yesterday, the Cats at Night show, but he had on my hero, one of my absolute idols, one of my favorite people, William Shatner, and John, and this goes to show you what a great guy he is, he knows what a fan I am of uh, William Shatner, so he invited me to participate in the interview, and uh, it was really interesting, did a lot of interesting things, but... Uh, what we did was, after that interview ended, uh, he and I kept talking for about another 15 minutes. So we're going to play you in about a half hour that extended interview with William Shatner, in which we wow. talk about his trip to space and his new book. And I got a big kick out of it, even even if other people may not. But I enjoyed it. And then uh, Jackie Mason's daughter, Sheba, is going to be here. She's got a new musical out about her father. We're going to talk about that. And we'll get people's uh, final prognostications, predictions, analysis, hopes, fears about today's election. So that means I'm going to be up half the night on election day listening to your show. Darn right. Darn right. <laughs> Count on it. Let's go to uh, E. Frank and Astoria. You, you've got about 25 seconds, uh, E. Frank, and then we've got to wrap this up. Sure. You know, uh, my mother came from a predominantly Democratic liberal community, uh, uh, which was uh, Christian Baptist, Christian uh, Roman Catholic Gabrielite. 
during the Lyndon Baines Johnson. So you've got 15 seconds left. You've got to get to the point. You know, here in Astoria, this has changed dramatically. It was a Republican conservative mob infested community when I was born in 1970. Now it's Greenpeace, Democratic, uh, Socialist, Socialist. Okay, I, I, I have to step in because I'm completely out of time. Maybe you can call tomorrow or you can call Frank back during his show. Folks, it's election day. Get out there and vote. The day belongs to you. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Coming up right now, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight.